to Slightly Scary Podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Savannah. And we are your ghost hosts. This week, we're talking about aliens. Have you ever wondered, how big is the universe? Are we the only living things in the galaxy? Are there others among us? We'll wonder no longer. In this two-part segment, we will be diving into aliens in history and recent alien news today. So grab your aluminum hats and join us on this epic out-of-this-world segment. For those of you who are not viewing, who haven't seen our TikToks or our Instagram reels or anything, um, Savannah's wearing a tinfoil hat. <laughs> <laughs> She's dedicated to I'm this. I'm very dedicated. It's so fucking hot. <laughs> it's so warm <laughs> under this thing. I feel like I'm baking right now. Earlier, I said uh, she it's her own fault because she decided to wear it the hottest day of the year. <laughs> It's fine. It's only 90 degrees at 8 30. It's only at night. 99 it's degrees only right 90 now. Degrees. My apartment truly will not go lower than 78, I think is what it's at right now. God and damn. it's because I'm on the third floor. Mm-hmm. So it's just hot as balls all the time. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> no, that's not good at all. I'm sorry. Sorry um, for your loss and global warming and all that. Apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Savannah, um, do you believe in aliens? Yes, absolutely. Especially after researching this episode, there's no way they're not real. I love that take. That's Thank such you. a good take. Do you? Because it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. I was going to say, this oh. is to be a really awkward episode because we're about to argue with you how you're wrong. The whole time I'm just arms crossed, like, Mm-mm, not real. You know nope. what? In fact, I challenge any of our listeners that do not believe in aliens to just... <gasps> Take a step back and think about your values because this episode is going to challenge you hardcore. Savannah and I are challenging <laughs> any of our listeners who don't think aliens are real. Come at us, bro. I will literally try to prove fight us you wrong. in a parking lot. I will fight you so hard. We're going to hacky sack to the death. I'm going to beat your ass. You better believe in aliens or else. There's no way that we have a whole solar system out there and there is no other living life that just is impossible and i don't know if aliens are exactly like what we picture them and men in black you know the coffee cup guys who are (laughs) very fun and cute oh no Um, they are i don't know if they're like that they might necessarily like they could just be like amoebas or whatever you (laughs) know but like that's still an alien they're still like not from our planet they cannot fly things amoebas can't fly anything who said aliens have to fly stuff though they do they, there they could be their... flying aliens and there could be not flying aliens I see just... my point it's but like so many objects just roaming around you're gonna tell me that not all you're aliens not wrong. have a little saucer i think probably a good majority of aliens own a saucer it's like a car you know not every human owns a car <laughs> I'm just discriminating against the aliens that can't afford the blind saucer. Savannah, some aliens don't make enough. Actually, the aliens are going to find me and fight me in a parking lot at this point. That's exactly (laughs) what's going to beat my ass. That's exactly. But it's the same thing with the ocean. Like, you don't know what's down there. It's too deep. Bro, (laughs) did we not already talk about, I believe the aliens. Okay, hold on. Before we dive in. Wait, we did talk about this. We did. But before we do that, I want to introduce our alien expert, Jesse, so he can back my ass up. For one, (laughs) aliens 
they they exist in the ocean there's no way they don't exist in the ocean you see them over the water they literally just dive into the ocean and they're just hanging out they're hanging out in the titanic they're hanging out in the ruins they're just hanging out in the bermuda triangle that's where they live jesse back masks up are you with me oh absolutely yeah (laughs) i think uh I mean, we haven't discovered like our entire ocean and most of the stuff, most of the recent like sightings and military releases have been like over the oceans. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things pointing towards the oceans. I think I think we got to we got to go on some expeditions. That's so interesting. The only time I have heard this is Savannah, her theory. I think we were talking about um, what was it, Sav, the triangle lady? The triangle lady. The red Lockwoods monster. The Flatwoods red... monster? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Flatwoods monster. We had a whole episode about that. It wasn't even that long ago, Sabrina. I know. Savannah, you know I have a bad memory, okay? <laughs> um, But the Flatwoods monster, I think that was the first time that Savannah had talked about this theory of hers. That was the first time I heard it. But Jesse backing it up? truly uh concretes this theory for expert but before i mean before jesse really dives into it with us and like for real we just totally beat you but jesse why are you our expert how do you just know all this vast knowledge of the universe prove your credibility to us right now (laughs) well i'm gonna start out with i have absolutely zero credibility no he absolutely (laughs) does I have no. just been a very interested onlooker who's just very curious, like, uh, like things just like the fact that there's like no definite answer on it, and it could potentially, you know, be changing to our entire worldview. And I mean, it's just such a fascinating like concept. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've just been super into the topic as of lately, especially over the quarantine time period where I had uh, not as much stuff to do. Got to do some deep dives and yeah, I'll just say I'm just super interested. You know, I know probably just as much as what's publicly out there, but I've definitely filtered through some bullshit. And, you know, <laughs> after a while, you really get to get to finding like, oh, yeah, no, nope, that's a crap story or that's no good or that's no good. But the ones that are like, hmm, that's interesting. Like those are the exciting ones. Should we call ourselves onlookers for this episode? Is that people who believe or just like looking sure. into it? Is that the term we use for our people, Jesse? Yeah, why not? Well, we can call us onlookers. I don't know if there <laughs> is a, uh, I'd say like, if you want to go for like the deep, like if you're going for like a person that's like actually like studying the field, you would call them a ufologist. That's so cool. It's sick. Yeah, is or that, yeah. That is <laughs> awesome. Totally disappoint my future children because I'm like, I'm not a ufologist. I'm just a therapist. They're gonna be like, oh my god, you're so uh, lame. Dude, <laughs> I if I could become a ufologist and <laughs> not become homeless, I'd totally be <laughs> <laughs> problem is the only there's only a very small job market for them. <laughs> I think you'd have to move states too. I think that's probably true. Not too much UFO stuff happening in Indiana, unfortunately. That's lame. <laughs> Honestly, I would love, like, if you guys had the opportunity, would you want to see a UFO or would that freak you out too much? Oh, absolutely. I oh. love to see one. And I will, every time like I walk out at night, I will just stare up in the sky 
you can ask you can ask Bree, but I'll be like, "Uffos, where are you? <laughs> where are the Uffos?" <laughs> Jesse, that's they never, they never show themselves. That's upsetting, but honestly <laughs> hilarious because that is the exact same perspective that I have with Bigfoot. Um, every, almost every time I'm riding in a car, we're going past wooded areas. I'm looking out there and I'm like, where's Bigfoot? When's he going to show himself? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I understand that, that want to see something you're so passionate about. I would love to, man. Yeah. If you like Bigfoot some other time, I'll have to tell you about my uh, aunt and uncle's story when they were camping (gasps) out in uh, Washington. It's a pretty wild um, story. Okay. It's a pretty wild story. <laughs> We're going to have Jesse on for a future episode. That's for sure. I can tell <laughs> you right now. He's already guaranteed slots at this point. I know. <laughs> um, I would want to see UFO from a distance. I would not want to mm-hmm. see one like right on top of me, like over me, but I would want to see one like out far and like. Gotcha. Like a blip. Sitting there. Yes. Nah, man. Mm-hmm. Nah, let's, let's, let's get close quarters, man. I've, Just I've like, suck me up in your life. <laughs> it's like, show me the goods, guys. Like, and I'll be real chill with you. Like, if you land next to me, I'll, I'm like, I'll be like, just, you know, I'll be chill about it if you're chill about it. Well, actually, Especially, see really. Jesse's eyes open to their full capacity for like once in his whole lifetime. Uh, this oh, is yeah, uh, that, that would be <laughs> this is Jesse's formal invitation for any aliens out there who are curious about coming to Earth. Visit Jesse, please. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a chill. I'll be a chill host. Like you know, I can hook you up. I don't know if you drink, but I get cocktails. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, perfect yeah, what more can an alien time. want <laughs> yeah. sabrina do you want to see ufo i feel like i go back and forth about it i feel like theoretically i'm like yeah that'd be so cool to see but then whenever i start thinking too deep about it i'm like would that like scare me so bad to the point where i wouldn't want to be outside by myself because if i saw one i would think that they're going to come back and they're going to abduct me and take me away um, it's the same thing I have with Bigfoot. I really want to see Bigfoot, but I'm like, would I ever be able to go hiking again? Or would I just be terrified after seeing him to ever go out in the woods again? Um, so I'm going to go with a, I don't want to seek an alien out, but if an alien happens upon me, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, that was crazy and kind of cool. That's my answer. I don't know if it answers the question that I asked, but that's my answer. <laughs> that's pretty nice. solid. Yeah. Very nice. Answer. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That's true, though. Like that. That would be. You know, I say like I'd be very like, hey, chill. But if like if it's like a threatening alien or something like that, yeah. I'm like with me, like oh boy. <laughs> I'm like y'all dog. Like I'll just surrender. Like you know, I can be a butler or something like that. <laughs> it's like but, um. What do they say? Don't meet your um, heroes. Heroes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, well, are you guys ready to dive into our first part? We're just covering the history of aliens before we get into the big, like, recent stuff. Let's and there's a lot. In. UFOs, if you guys don't know what it stands for, we're just playing it simple. Unidentified flying objects. They're not called that anymore, but they used to be called UFOs. Um, If we're talking about aliens, I guess, in that perspective, but they're still UFOs in military language, Mm -hmm. what I read. So businessman Kenneth Arnold reported seeing nine fast-moving objects near Mount Rainer. 
in Washington while piloting his tiny plane in 1947. So this is like some of the first instances that we have documented besides the more recent stuff that we know. 1947 is where it's at. Gotcha. Fun year. Starting in modern history, I'd say. Yes. Before that, it's not as frequent um, and well-documented. Gotcha. And and when you say modern history in contrast to what what jesse oh i mean you can go back through history and there is i mean tons i mean like we've we see like in like ancient like paintings and like Mm -hmm. uh, hieroglyphics and things i mean um you know the show ancient aliens is kind of a silly show they always make like this crazy jump but there's actually some like pretty like um like just if you look at purely like oh this definitely looks like a UFO in this like ancient Greek painting. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they got that idea, you know, and there's like <laughs> those kinds of things, but you know, those are a little hard to talk on. Like, as far as like, you know, those are a lot more speculation, right? But yeah. there definitely is a history there. Well, Which that's good. I think we need to have a whole other episode about just theories of aliens throughout history, because I was talking oh, with Jesse, man. like how did <laughs> hieroglyphics even like get so precise? Like how did we build the pyramids? I'm just saying I would mm. I would be down for that episode that sounds neat oh if you ask me mm. well circling back to Arnold so when he saw those nine fast moving objects they were crescent shaped uh, they moved at the speed of several thousand miles per hour and they looked like they were skipping on water oh my gosh but I guess UFOs were incorrectly described as having a saucer like shape and that's how we know about flying saucers, but it is actually a crescent shape. Like it looks like a crescent moon? Like just the, like a croissant? Like it just mm-hmm. <laughs> like a croissant? Like, okay, because like, when I think... Imagine when I think, like two plates put upside down, or like if you face them together like this. Mm-hmm. Jumping into the Foo Fighters, because Jesse helped make this outline, and he's like, we got to talk about this, too. <laughs> so, in... Not Rush- the band. No, not oh, the band. That's exactly what I thought you guys were talking about. <laughs> I thought about it, too, but it's not. Okay, yeah, so... The song Pretender, so good. <laughs> yes. In Breschock, Germany, 1944, there was a pilot. He was flying about 800 feet in the air. And he said that he saw five or six flashing red and green lights in a T-shape, mm-hmm. which is weird. Uh, the lights appeared to be following him. And he said to about eight o'clock in a thousand feet. So they're like this way. Gotcha. Okay. So two more aircraft crews saw lights on December 22nd. So it's five days later. One crew reported seeing two lights in the area of Hog- Hogano. I'm butchering these so bad. Um, they ascended uh, a great height of like 10,000 feet in the air. And he followed the fighter pilot for two minutes. And then the lights just peeled off and turned away. And according to Keith Chester's strange company, military encounters with UFOs in World War II, he said they seemed to be in complete control at all times. Well, did anybody ever... <laughs> think about whether it was santa very close to christmas maybe he's doing a flight test you, you know i just you i just it maybe. sounds well it's germany so it might be krampus 
Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Even better. Yes, that is so You're good. So right, Jesse. You know, add some supplemental information. So um kind of funny the way the foo fighter name like originated is so so you talked about some of those cases you know where the pilots are being like followed by lights you know and they don't can't really make out what it is well one of the guys uh i think he was like a lieutenant or something but he was getting pretty frustrated with these uh these balls of fire and shit so and I guess he also had a, um, he liked these old comic strips that were out in the 30s called uh, Smokey Stover. And mm-hmm. that is, and it was in those comic strips that the word foo, just a nonsense word, kind of became a thing. And so one day when he was really frustrated, he slammed one of those comics on the desk of his uh, senior intelligence officer and was like, I'm tired of these damn Foo Fighters. <laughs> and no way. That's how the name got it. No no one ever came up with a better name. So they're like, all right, that's we're calling them Foo Fighters. That's so pretty that's, dope, actually. I love that. What a unique story. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a fun little tidbit. But uh, but it's a it's really interesting too, you know, because all of this, um, you know, kind of beginning in the modern history, we see these kind of big spikes around World War II, you know, I'd say specifically around like, you know, where we created the atom bomb and you know, created some pretty you know massive uh, destructive weapons, and you know, which I kind of find interesting with the timing there. But uh, you know, one um, encounter story. Um, this so uh, there was a senator uh ted stevens he used to fly in the mm-hmm. air force and during the uh, european theater of world war ii uh so he was flying and there was this object that just like pulled up like right next to him essentially like if you look at it, it'd be like you know just right in line with you and he said no matter what he would do he like couldn't get rid of the object he would like he'd fly straight up and it would just be right there he'd speed mm-hmm. up you know it'd speed up with him he'd slow down and it would slow down and there was you know nothing he could do to like kind of shake it and so you know, end up calling like radar control and and they say there's nothing else on the radar like it's just you really and, and that lasted like you know a pretty decent period of time with the you know amount of attempts he had to uh try to shake the thing off but uh you know ended up that it just uh, kind of gun shot it away um and that was it and like and that's kind of interesting thing about all these um food fire stories too is there really isn't like any like violent interactions you know mm-hmm. like it's just mm-hmm. very much like hey drag racing they're like do you want to race right now and then they always win yeah. so you it's, pull up and you're like hey man you're uh it you're, revs a little bit it's like, shit, like <laughs> you ready <laughs> yeah, that plane can't do can't yeah you know, yeah eat my eat my uh gravitational waves <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting because like what type of technology do aliens have that like it doesn't show up on our radars? Isn't that kind of crazy? Oh, dude. Oh, okay. There's there's so much. I'm thinking ahead, but I'm just along for the ride, you guys. The metaphorical alien spaceship ride. (laughs) Um, We're going (laughs) to talk a little bit about Skinwalker Ranch, which Jesse didn't go to. (gasps) Um, you went to Skinwalker Ranch? No, no, did you I not? I thought you no, did. No, no, no. We went, I went to Roswell. Oh, okay. Sorry. okay. Well, I was about Roswell, to freak out. Hold on. We're <laughs> going to talk about the stuff. But 
um i thought you would just get walker range. No, i'm sorry you, you can't you can't go to skinwalker oh. range like if you go like the whole thing's gated and it's really security official there's a whole security team that mm-hmm. keeps the place locked down and, interesting yeah. i'm sorry Is it bad Jesse, I like lied about you Oh, that's okay. I would love to go to Skinwalker Ranch. Is it bad, like, us saying Skinwalker Ranch? Aren't you, like, not supposed to say, like, that first word? So a Skinwalker... No, so a Skinwalker is, in the Native American, like, lore, is a basically, like, this creature that can go from beast to human. Mm -hmm. And they, like, are really known for, like, tricking people in, like, the woods and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, with various, like, they'll, like, call for help and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I thought, I thought you weren't supposed to say that word because it, not be, like, for any political reason Mm. or anything, just because it's, like, has something to do with the creature and we're going to do an episode on it so i'll oh. look more into it but like i've i've heard like you're not supposed to say like it's like bad luck or like that draws uh, them near or something like that you know but i didn't know with skinwalker ranch if that's different because it's like the name but that's a side note i'm sorry but, i got off track oh, you're okay <laughs> um well we're going to talk about roswell sorry um so rancher ww mac brazil discovered a mysterious 200 yard long debris close to army base in roswell new mexico mm-hmm. which you guys don't know it's just very infamous there um the same year that arnold reported seeing the flying objects which did i already talk about him yeah, you did. I just in 1947. did. Yeah, yeah, look at me already going. Um, <laughs> so it was described that the wreckage, it was a flying saucer in local newspapers. But despite the newspaper photos suggesting otherwise, the U.S. military released a statement claiming it was a weather balloon. Lame mm. cover up. So Classic cover up too. Some of this debris... <laughs> Um, when dummies with latex skin and aluminum bones that closely resembled aliens fell from the sky over New Mexico in the 1950s and were vastly swooped up by military vehicles, the flames of conspiracy further stoked. I don't know. I think that's weird. Why are you dropping shit like that and then picking mm-hmm. it up? I don't know. It's weird. But to those who believed in earlier Roswell sightings, this seemed to be a government cover up. The Air Force used these dummy drops. Um, were a way to test new ways for pilots to survive. But 50 years later, the military issued a subsequent statement admitting to the Roswell wreckage was part of Project Mogul, which was a top-secret atomic espionage project. Weird. That shit's weird. That is weird. Okay. What do you got, Jess? Interesting dummy drop. Like, first, (laughs) like, just to comment on that, like... (laughs) They're like, ah, oh, yes, we want to uh, taste test the safety of of someone falling off of a, of a plane. <laughs> That's bizarre. <laughs> just like a dummy, like with nothing else. Like I don't know. <laughs> that just sounds super sketch. Or, I don't know. Um, okay, so like Roswell, yeah. So this is like you know, for those who don't haven't heard of Roswell, which I'd be surprised. Like it's like you know, America's like biggest UFO story. There's a uh in roswell new mexico there's a whole museum uh dedicated to it mm-hmm. and it's uh, pretty wild like as you mentioned like they uh basically you know this guy this rancher you know this flying saucer you know crashes and he's like oh shit look at all this shit like <laughs> i gotta get this off my property i don't know what it is you know he described the material as being this like um 
it was like a metal that was super strong. You couldn't break it. You couldn't tear it or anything, but you could crinkle it up in your hand, like the wow. entire thing into the palm of your hand. And then you could release it and it would go back to its original form. No, he did not. Yeah, that's how it was described. Just like Savannah's hat. <laughs> <laughs> how credible was this man? Uh, so, I mean, this is, um, I mean, this guy, I think, had like no, you know, had never had any other like UFO. Right. Nothing. I mean, this is like a rancher. In, right. Like, you know, New cool. Mexico, his life gotcha. is like horses and yeah. <laughs> right. So he wasn't like an alien enthusiast who really wanted to see aliens and would kind of like bend things to no. his story. No. Yeah. And kind of the big thing too, is when it crashed on his property, from what I remember, he, I think he was less Im impressed by what it was, but more so pissed that he had trash on his property. <laughs> that nice. was part of like getting the police to come out and take it too. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's like you know, and then yeah, kind of Savannah mentioned you know the newspaper came out with the first story saying boom, and you know here's a UFO, um, mm -hmm. here's the uh, actual. Oh, uh, that's so cool. Record. It's kind of mm -hmm. fun, like looking at the other stuff too, <laughs> like like yeah, RAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. Like that's pretty interesting. But let's also look at house passes tax slash by a large margin. <laughs> like, huh? Isn't that, you know, that weird? And then like, the Soviet no satellites of flying disc are revealed. <laughs> interesting. Weird. Yeah. What a cool weird. newspaper. It is. Nobody reads it? a newspaper anymore, guys. We need to go I back know. to that. Yeah, newspapers are <laughs> pretty cool. It's killing so, trees. We're doing fine. No, oh, yeah, you're true. right. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> so, so thinking about saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that. And then here is so, you know, as you mentioned, they shortly after the military basically came back to the Roswell Daily Record and was like, hey, we need you to scratch that story, write a correction story. And that's when, like the weather balloon uh, shut up you know, comes up afterwards oh yeah and then so and then they even got um this uh brazil dude he they even got him to do like a photo shoot for the second like newspaper that mm -hmm. came out and so these were like the photos is that, that the metal it no it's not oh. this is actually just like a popped balloon or something like that that i think the military basically was like here pose with mm, these they planted it mm, juicy oh it's my gosh jesse can you send me these pictures do you mind if we post them on our social media absolutely we can do that awesome yeah. thank you so i have a question what happened to this fantastic piece of metal that was sassy and bendable and could go back to its original form so that is, as we're going to probably get, you know, as we're going to get to a little bit later, the creation of Area 51 and all that, mm -hmm. uh, gover government definitely not giving up that cookie. So, no. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I figured they probably <laughs> put it in Area 51, but I didn't know if there was like a different kind of location, like a secret location in Roswell somewhere that they would you have know, stored it, it. It probably would have been a secret location somewhere um, before because Area 51, I don't think, I think that was like in the 50s. Mm -hmm. okay it started yeah. so this is a little bit this is a bit before then um, gotcha 
you know, and I just speculate that maybe it would have gotten moved to a base in the Area 51 region or or something like mm-hmm. that. Can't say for sure. I have no no clue what they did with it. You know, that's okay. <laughs> Your guess is better than mine. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next part, I just have to plug. If you haven't listened to episode 39 of the Flatwoods Monster, it's happening right about this time. So if you want to listen back <laughs> to that, we're not going to dive too much into it. Just go back and listen to that. But it's a great after, episode. It is a wonderful episode. But after we've talked about Roswell, it's important to talk about Project Blue Book. I'm just going to read the little blip that we have from the Flatwoods episode. But it was the United States Air Force retired the custody of the National Archives to its records of Project Blue Book relating to investigations of unidentified flying objects. So Project Blue Book has been declassified and the records are available for examination there's actually they're available to the government's website so if you want to look into project blue book but the project closed in 1969 and they say they have no information on sightings after that date but we know that's not true so. that's just a lie <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah took that, that was... straight off the government's website so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a uh... And there's been people that have gone back and um, like there was a whole column that about a guy that like was looking into their research. And, you know, he he claimed basically that, um, you know, the Air Force personnel that worked on it were indifferent or incompetent, a lot mm. of shoddy research, um, you know, and apparently the the highest members, many of them were, you know, they would disregard just like any evidence that kind of went against their hypothesis kind of from the point of view where they they ended up kind of morphing into this like oh it's probably this so it is this you know mm. or it kind of looks like that so it is that you know so it kind of oh, wow yeah they're so just shaping it, it to what they want yeah it was like a big deal back then but i think a bit of it now has been kind of d like eh, like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that was probably a psyop you know? yeah um our next piece is area 51 so i'm just going to read this blip of it because there's a lot that goes into area 51 and jesse can give us a little bit more about it but i have to read it because there's a lot of like acronyms in here that i don't know so area 51 is in nevada um it's utilized by the cia the u.s air force and lockheed martin to test flights of experimental aircrafts or black aircrafts Um, and has been the scene of several UFO sightings in the 1950s and 60s. According to declassified records, Area 51 was the site of the Cold War Project Oxcart, which was tasked with developing an invisibility-enhancing spy plane that could be deployed to gather intelligence from behind the Iron Curtain. We were having issues with Russia. Um, The resultant F-1... 17 Nighthawk SR 71 Blackbird and Archangel 12 or the A 12, all clock speeds of more than above 2,000 miles per hour. Um, so this kind of these aircrafts contributed to the widespread belief that Area 51 was testing ground for extra, extraterrestrial life in their spacecraft because mm. things like that were unheard of in the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, do they even use those now? Oh yeah, the SR seventy one Blackbird. You you've seen it before. It's um it's that one black plane that mm-hmm. kind of like looks like a W or like okay, gotcha. But are they invisible? Uh, they are from like a radar perspective. Mm, 
Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was thinking quite literally <laughs> and they were no. invisible. Like no. they put mirrors on the outside to reflect the clouds like type thing. No, but there is a whole glitter conspiracy behind that. A glitter conspiracy? What do you mean? Uh, you know, there's a there's like a glitter shortage and uh, there's like one company buying it all up. Oh my gosh. Theories that, you know, glitter could be used to reflect the light in certain ways and you know <laughs> are we sure it wasn't the barbie movie though <laughs> they caused the pink that was pink the second shortage, largest so. purchaser yes <laughs> it was probably the oppenheimer movie too honestly yeah. they just had secret <laughs> glitter in the background but it's interesting because like i said these clock speeds were just very unheard of in the 1950s and 60s it was very advanced technology for where we are in america now so it's interesting to think of where they got the technology or the ideas to clock speeds that much. The only possible solution is alien aircraft from Roswell. <laughs> it's <laughs> aliens, aliens. Yes. They have to be. There's no way. Just like the aliens aided in the building of pyramids. They helped see, make this those. is kind of a, a stepping stone in a way, because once we get to Bob Lazar, we'll kind of go into more because you know, as of the moment, you know, kind of looking in the 50s, you know, it definitely was attributed to like those, uh, like, you know, the Blackbird and such. But uh, once we get into Bob Lazar's story, that's kind of where we'll kind of get to peek behind the curtain on maybe some alien shenanigans and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, 1955 was the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Sabrina, have you heard of this? No. The, so the only alien things I've heard of is Project Blue Book, um, the Flatwoods Monster, Area 51, and Roswell. That's about my extent of it. And the most recent alien news that came out. And that is about it. That all, all I know. So tell me about this Kelly Hopkins encounter. Hopkinsville. Jesse, feel free to add in. But around 11 o'clock at night in August 1955, eight people showed up in the hopkinsville kentucky police station which <gasps> hopkinsville from evansville is about an hour and a half no way yes. kentucky. kentucky get it girl um and all of them showed up they said we need help we've been fighting them off for four hours but who are they fighting apparently little silver men get so, out of here to some the kelly hopkinsville encounter provides compelling evidence of alien contact but then also people are like could it be owls? Like, could it be the moonshine? Like, yes, because owls are yes. silver men. But so, on a real note, just to play devil's advocate, were they drug tested? Because that sounds like some shrooms could have gotten their system, baby. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> like acid, <laughs> just straight acid. acid. <laughs> um. So I, I've included some pictures of uh, one of the people there that drew the spaceship, which looks like a little nut. <laughs> it, look- <laughs> it looks like a Uncrustable is being thrown like a like a Frisbee. <laughs> oh, no, I love Uncrustables. Oh, my God. It sounds, I'm so freaking hungry right now. Okay, so Billy mm. Ray Taylor of Pennsylvania went outside to get um, some. What? Sorry, correction. Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> mm-hmm. His achy breaking heart back in the 50s. Um, so this guy from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Jesus, went outside to the well to get some water on August 21st, 1955. And while he was visiting a friend named Elmer Lucky Sutton um at his farmhouse, 
Um, then he noticed that something moving quickly across the sky. So he's freaking out now. In a later statement, uh, Billy Ray called the silvery object really bright with an exhaust, all the colors of the rainbow. Um, he ran outside in a panic, told his wife and the family that he had just seen a UFO. He did the right thing. Yeah. So Billy Ray remembered that instead of hearing um, an explosion as the item fell uh, behind the farmhouse, he heard a hissing sound, but nobody mm-hmm. paid attention to it until the dogs started to bark. And then the house was being approached by someone <gasps> or something moving. No. <laughs> so the horrified group detail they'd seen vivid, frightful detail um, the invaders had lengthy limbs with claws that nearly reached the ground and spherical oversized heads and long arms. I included a picture, but don't peek yet. Okay, I'm not going to. So their bodies glistened as though they were formed of silver metal and their what? eyes had a yellowish light. But was it the Collins? <laughs> if they were glistening, oh is that not a vampire? <laughs> Did their mm-hmm. eyes glow? I don't think so. Um, That's a good point. So uh, Robert Pattinson's eyes glow. <laughs> these guys got guns and they just started shooting at these aliens. <gasps> Why would they do that? Oh well, I guess if you're scared, but still. Like, rude. Okay, so scroll down. This is the picture. This is drawn by Billy Ray. Well, it was actually drawn by Andrew Bud Ludwig, but this was yeah. Billy Ray's the proportions <laughs> the proportions don't make sense <laughs> things are just happening in this photo. no that's a fucking house elf <laughs> <laughs> that's dobby right there i feel like they should be wearing overalls is the only kind of pants that makes sense <laughs> for this guy nothing is staying up around that tiny little waist Do you guys <laughs> see overalls. the descriptions of this no. thing i'm gonna blow it up so oh thank you miniature feelers or antennae on each side of the head um the head's bald um chin is almost to a point uh, the mouth ears. the upper lip tucked and under lower lip the body powerfully built to the waist these things were Ooh, jacked. yeah legs were slim <laughs> slick like arms were long almost to the ground he these- only does arm day like that's <laughs> it. he's that guy you read about that only does arms he only does arms um <laughs> So over these hours of fighting off these these things, uh, the aliens, they drew close, they retreated, um, they flipped up into the trees, and of course the group of people continued to try to shoot them. One wait, reached wait. out- what? Hold on just a second, because I don't think we mentioned this. I, you said small, but I want to give a reference for height. They were two and a half to three and a half feet for yes. for height. That's the reference that we have while this fight is happening. Yeah, they're so sorry. Continue kicking at the legs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they're retreating. One of them reached down and grabbed Billy Ray's hair, which I think is so funny. Was <laughs> Billy Ray on the ground? How they reach to get I, his hair? How long is his hair? He's a brawl. <laughs> I know. But um, and he, the aliens retreated. So, and then this group went to the police. Uh, the chief of police, Russell Greenwell, drove out to the Sutton house. Um, the crowd at the police station, they seemed really scared. One guy had a pulse of 140 beats per minute. Damn. Which, you know, it's like if you're running, not good. Could be yeah. 
Could be drugs. <laughs> Could be drugs. And the chief of police, <laughs> the <laughs> chief of police said these aren't the kind of people who normally run uh, to the police for help. Um, but the police didn't find any evidence of the little silver men. Probably because they got back on their spaceship and they left before they could get in trouble. <laughs> Probably they were smart. We got to get out of here for the Popo show up. Yeah. Uh, so my notes on this one were uh, basically they saw a UFO street across the sky and some fucking silver goblins pulled up. <laughs> so the, the hillbillies are like, get the guns. And, uh, and that's about all she wrote. <laughs> yeah that's a good yeah. synopsis jesse that was really good but, that was basically the entire story <laughs> <laughs> so it's inter- one thing that i do find interesting about this one have you guys heard of the kentucky green goblins uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i i have to wonder if these could be linked in that sense you know with like you know maybe they were trying to like take some of them you know because with the a lot of the Ooh. green goblin cases you know it's like people being abducted effectively like if and by abducted i mean like more like kidnapped and like brought into the cave and probably eaten or something like that i think is the implication could you imagine grabbing a hillbilly from kentucky named billy ray (laughs) as your experiment that's my dream (laughs) that'd be quite the experiment (laughs) we should do uh the kentucky green goblins as an episode so yes we should that's a good idea um but that it's a pretty interesting story um kind of kind of crazy we've only got two things left for this episode we're going to talk about two really important people we're going to talk about travis walton and bob lazar before we get to travis walton can yes. i interject with uh one thing that i thought would be a good mention as it is as far as timeline line yeah, goes absolutely i forgot about this one so but this is uh this happened in 1967 this was the this was like one of the first like well documented um cases where so it basically uh at Maelstrom Air Force Base um what had happened was there was um they saw like uh some three triangle two or three triangle shaped UFOs like come over their base and they had mm-hmm. 10 nuclear warheads like activated and um and then those like ufos came and deactivated the nuclear warheads and they could not get them back on like they literally had to like go out and like manually like i guess like try to like re-engage or restart the system or something to that effect um but there's actually and then around this time too there's also similar sightings and reports of of ufos like messing with nuclear uh weapons in uh the soviet union and in britain so i think this interesting. is interesting yeah so that, that one kind of leads into the theory of like oh why are they here oh you know it's kind of like trying to take matches from a child you know <laughs> yeah really they're just like enough war guys chill out we've been watching yeah. you destroy yourself or you know if they're living here too in the ocean yeah they have they have an interest in this planet too so they are actually switzerland they're actually mermaids (laughs) they're They're swedish mermaids yes just trying to keep the peace that makes sense (laughs) i love that thank Thank you for for, that yes adding into the timeline because it was a big jump from the 50s to the 70s which is what we're about to get into yeah we had the whole hippie era yeah they're still around (laughs) things are still happening between the 50s and 70s but i'm glad jesse picked that one because i i couldn't find that but i appreciate you um we're going to talk about travis walton i think there was a movie about him actually 
I think they you made know, a movie, but yeah, they did. Called Fire in the Sky. Yeah, Fire in the Sky. I remember watching this. Um, so the abduction of Travis Walton in November 1975, seven loggers were working in the Apache Stit Graves National Forest in Snow Lake, Arizona. Sun went down, temperatures dropped, they packed their stuff trying to get home. But one man, Travis Walton, um leaped out of the truck as they saw a strange light in the distance he walked towards it almost as if he couldn't help himself <gasps> oh my god scary um the other guys desperately begged travis they were like please get back in the car but he just disappeared and terrified they began driving and but they quickly returned um they kept calling out for travis they were panicked they were circling all where they saw him last um but he was gone but then Five days later, he suddenly reappeared in a story about being abducted. What? Mm-hmm. Um, so after the five days that he was seen, um, Travis's brother-in-law, Grant, he got a phone call and it was from Travis. He said he, uh, it was from a phone booth in Hebrew, Arizona, and he didn't know how he got there. Mm. Yeah. So he was picked up by Grant um, and his brother, June. Um, and Travis was 10 pounds lighter from when he disappeared. And this all happened in five days. What? Yes. Um, so Travis was in a state of shock. He couldn't really tell people what happened. Um, so I think the hospital brought in a hypnotherapist, um, Mm -hmm. to kind of tell them what happened because he was just very like traumatized and shaken up from the incident. Um, so Travis, had shared that he woke up in a hospital-like room and he was being observed by three short, bald creatures. Um, they did really horrible experiments on him from what it Aww. was said. Um, he said he that, probed. yeah, he got probed. It's really um, sad. He tried to fight him off um, until a human wearing a helmet thing kind of led him to another room um where he blacked out and three other human-like things put a clear mask over his face Mm. and then next thing he knew he was walking towards the phone booth wow oh my gosh yeah i included his picture this is from 2019 he was at the cia's conference but nowadays he's actually saying he wasn't abducted so i saw you put Mm. that in there i actually I'm I'm not sure where he found that one, but I actually listened. He he Travis Walton went on Joe Rogan's show in 2021. Did he and told me... the story of his abduction? Really? Up. Unless it's like a super recent thing. Here, I'll... we can always cut that this out. This is from 2022. I'll share my screen. Then he said he went on to say it really wasn't an alien abduction, but more like an ambulance call. So I don't know. And he said he had a lot of terror. Uh, yeah interesting so maybe some mixed yeah because i think part of this was though is so i think after travis walton was like abducted i think he came back like healthier than ever or something to that effect as well um like i think he may have had some ailments or something like that and so that's i guess i think that's what he's meaning by i don't think in that he said he's he it didn't sound like he's saying that he didn't get abducted it sounds like he's saying i perceived it as abduction but now looking back on it maybe it was more like an ambulance call mm. you know, okay gotcha 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 okay i yeah. took it wrong i'm sorry i thought he was saying like i needed help and like 
he had something mental going on sorry that's my therapy brain uh, that's all good no. now i will be honest with you so and i i recommend like anybody go and, and actually watch that uh travis walton joe rogan episode it's pretty interesting i when i listen to travis walton like my bullshit meter goes off a little bit really a why little is bit. that because and 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 you know i didn't have any reason to kind of like I didn't really have any much of a bullshit meter for him until after I watched that episode. But in that he like talked about also some other like odd paranormal things that go on like in his life and have gone on like recently in his life, like saying that like he's had like visits or like mm. um, some like ghost things oh as God. well. Like they're and still like, checking up on him and now he's got ghosts involved. He's just doing he, everything. And you know, maybe, yeah, maybe he's just unlucky in that person. <laughs> well, could it be like just playing a devil's advocate here um that getting abducted by an alien might make you more in tune and um I'm trying Very to get possible. open to those paranormal experiences the visits they seem a little bit out there but paranormal like ghosts happening like people truly mm. so many people have ghost experiences so like oh, yeah. being in a situation like that could just make you a little bit more closer to the veil in a sense mm. just a thought yeah. no i totally pick up on that and that was actually like you know uh, we mentioned skinwalker ranch earlier it's an interesting place because skinwalker ranch is not only home to like like a ton of like ufo like related mm -hmm. things it also has like poltergeist activity yeah to like a little abandoned houses there Mm -hmm. you know and like you know so it's like hmm you know how much of this realm crosses with each other you know right so, so true yeah okay. i definitely see your point there like it's definitely it's definitely all possible like i i will never i won't totally discount it but yeah. it just just felt a little shaky on the uh with 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 joe there and it was like i, I need know. to listen to that i'm very curious now yeah you should and yeah let me know what you think mm -hmm. yeah because I mean, it definitely is a super interesting story, nonetheless. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty cool. I mean, pretty wild. So yeah. you're, I'm curious, Jesse. You're saying your bullshit meter went out with it or went up with it, but off with it. Wow. Um, would you say, like, do you think his first encounter is valid, or would you say mm, even that seems a little bit off because of what he's saying now? Mm. What's your hot take? <laughs> That honestly is a really tough one. I'm, I'm really not sold like one way or the other. Like I definitely think like the first initial story, there seemed to be some credibility to it. I think like, mm -hmm. but I think he might have embellished some of the details potentially. But then again, you know, if you get abducted, who the fuck knows? What's going on? <laughs> There's a lot of details and crazy things that happen. Details. I mean, if we enter this you know we we go into that realm you know who's to say there isn't like also people with helmets on for some reason you know? <laughs> like, Holy i don't shit. know you know so i don't know yeah, that one I, I mean i remain neutrally optimistic gotcha <laughs> you guys ready to learn about mr robert lazar i'm so scared yes oh, yeah. <laughs> um so bob lazar um we're gonna jump to the 1980s now so on November 11th and 13th of 1989, news reporter George Knapp 
told a story on KLAS TV viewers in Las Vegas, Nevada, that a scientist had come out that the U.S. government was in possession of alien spacecraft remnants. And so, like, these vehicles sparked amazing technological advancements, like what I was talking about with the with the jets and shit, the aircrafts going really, yeah. really fast. George Knapp is probably one of the most, like, credentialed, like, UFO-like journalists. Ooh. Him and Jeremy Corbell, they're, they're pretty much, like, like, if something's gonna, like, they leak, they've leaked a lot of stuff, and, yeah, they're pretty... They're pretty, you know, they stick to their wits. Pretty credible. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Um, Well, Robert Scott Lazar, Bob, the scientist claimed to have worked in the S4 area of Area 51, um, a region of the Nevada test site, and he had read records indicating the work on an anti-gravity reactor for use in pro- sorry propulsion (laughs) systems was still being done there he claimed that while he was stunned seeing nine flying discs of extraterrestrial origin kept in a hangar shocked him even more they're just Mm. chilling out they're just hanging out in there no big deal pretty wild yep um so the craft used an element it's 115 on the periodic table that does not exist on earth as part of its gravity harnessing propulsion because it is impossible to synthesize an element that heavy on earth. The substance has come from a place where super heavy elements could have been produced naturally. So you're telling me they found a new element and they brought it to earth. One that cannot be created on earth. Well, so we'll get there. Okay. Um, but like essentially the um like you know bob lazar came out saying that the element 115 is what uh essentially powers the uh, a ufo that's how you fly it um using no that element as like it's fuel i guess in a way and Interesting. Um, but that was like um but he came out with that knowledge and said that like and it's like 13 years before scientists actually have um created one element 115 and it became an element on the periodic table i think in like 2003 or something i think Mm, uh, okay gotcha gotcha but at the time at the time wasn't of earth yep um the u.s authorities had gathered about 500 pounds of the substance from the recovered craft 500 pounds very heavy heavily condensed element um, so adding to the credibility of Lazar's testimony, there was persistent reports like chronicled in like aviation week and space technology um, of bizarre lights over test site craft maneuvering in ways beyond the cap- capacity of known aviation technology. Wow, that's a mouthful. But basically what you're saying <laughs> is that there was a lot of reports of lights. There's just crafts that were moving like really crazy, not, not mm-hmm. like anything that we had going on in the 80s um and they seemed really genuine um but on the other hand lazar's stories are nearly certainly untrue so they uh, investigators brought up concerns about his dependability so they said it was impossible to verify his statements regarding his schooling and his work um and his character turned out to be suspect and in 1990 he got arrested for running a brothel in nevada (laughs) 
So this guy, you're <laughs> telling me, he's a little sus. He's a little suspect. Is he? That's what you did. That was a whole paragraph was how sus this guy is. So, I mean, it could be a good to combat just a little bit. So first thing I'll do is back up just uh, just a hair. So when Bob Lazar, before he got recruited to go work at SR4 or S4, sorry, not SR4, S4, he, um, he was this uh, scientist at MIT. And mm-hmm. I mean, he, and he worked specifically in propulsion. And like he actually had a bike that he uh, hooked up a jet engine to and he would like jet engine his bike around town. (laughs) He was like Batman. Yeah, he's like he's very much a genius uh, in a sense. And so he got recruited. And and, you know, one thing I would say to anyone listening, definitely go listen to so. Bob Lazar was actually on Joe Rogan. God damn it. It's no way. Joe Rogan. Rogan had a period where he was like, like really into UFOs and stuff. Now he's a little more skeptical, but in that time that he was really into it, he was able to get some pretty big name people on there. Hmm, Um, Really? Anyway. So one of the things that he talked about in that is whenever he was first recruited in the program, it's really weird. Um, the way he described the program is it's uh, super, they're basically, you know, he was you know brought in to try and reverse engineer the propulsion system of these UFOs that they had um, gathered mm-hmm. and, and everything was super siloed and segmented. So it was literally only him and one other guy working together and they were only allowed to work on the propulsion and they were only allowed to like, even analyze certain parts of the craft and stuff and they were very like you know segmented and stuff but then also whenever Mm. they like first started um bob had the feeling that like when they debriefed him they gave him like tons of information like so much information that bob said that he felt like they were giving extra untrue information so that if and it's a fantastic idea like if you have a secret you know program you're trying to keep secret but you also need to recruit people for it um you know you give them too much information a bunch of information that's not true that sounds way too fantastical so that Mm -hmm. way when they come out and try to leak it to the public they sound like a crazy lunatic and so like they like in like his initial debriefing like they had said like oh this you know these the craft that you'll be working on came from like the alpha centauri system and you know mm. this like species of alien or something like that you know and it was just very much and, and you know he was very suspect of it like hmm, i feel like this is just like a safety net for them interesting yeah. I, it's cool that he like caught on to that you know almost like immediately yeah I mean, he's a super yeah he's a he's super quick dude um nonetheless and and unlike travis walton I don't get like hardly any bullshit vibes like mm-hmm. at all from um from Bob Lazar and his interview. But you know, mm-hmm. still definitely some questionable things with the brothel. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I think he was going through a phase potentially. Cause that He's was like, also I can make jet engines, like I can run a brothel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, it's a man of a large outlooks. <laughs> Yeah, so he had his, his toes in a lot of different water. You could say that. <laughs> yeah, but um, he, um, you know, they, uh, you know, when you were talking about the bizarre lights over the test site craft. So one thing that he would do is, you know, when he would go home, he would like tell people like, "Hey, go park your car here." 
because we're like testing stuff. Ooh. And that's where a lot of those, because he knew when they would do, be trying to do flight tests and things like that. Because like, I think, you know, basically the way he described it is like the element 115, like once you had the thing powered on, um, like you could pretty much like, I think he's, I think he had talked about like, you could pretty much control it. Like it was pretty easy to control. They didn't know how it worked, but they could mm-hmm. use it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, like using an iPhone, but not understanding the insides of it. Right. Effectively. Yeah. And so he would like tell his friends to come out and like, you know, camp out and watch the lights as they like beam across the sky. That's so cool. I love that. I want a friend like that. <laughs> Jesse, where are the alien spaceships? I know. Tell us. Oh, well, uh, according to Bob Lazar, we got some in SR4. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Got, got a bit of those. So. Yes. Um, well, as Jesse had said, Russian scientists discovered a synthetic radioactive element 115 in 2003. Hey, got the year right. Yep. Um, it was later added to the periodic table in 2013. So the substance that Lazar asserted to have discovered is not this element, commonly known as muscovium. Muscovium. Yes, muscovium. Lazar claimed that this element could power extraterrestrial spacecraft without having to worry about gravity. So, so far, no use has been found for muscovium. Um, it has half of life of, of less than a second and thus decays very wow. quickly. Um, in 2019, Motherboard, um, Vice's tech channel, published a lengthy article about Lazar and it detailed the FBI, Michigan State Police had raided Lazar's scientific supply company in 2017 looking for lithium sulfate, which could be used as poison. Oh my god! And it was featured in someone's mysterious death. So there's, I don't know. That's this is freaky. Um, but true believers think he was raided because they were looking for element one fifteen because Russian scientists found the synthetic version, not the real one. Um, so reporter Tim McMillan asked Lazar directly whether he had a piece of element one fifteen, and he said, "If I had some, would I reveal it to confirm my accounts? Absolutely not." <laughs> I feel like this is like a movie plot. Like he like he found an alien spaceship and he he like took the real element and then he replaced it with a synthetic one and the FBI's after him and yeah. raids him and he like is keeping it for his for the because he knows the government's not gonna do good things with it. I I'm so invested in this movie. <laughs> it's not a movie. We gotta all. get on this right now. Yes, yeah, someone on it. Break. It's crazy Just to break down some of the, uh, you know, part of the, like the element and stuff. So the synthetic element, you know, um, they were a, basically scientists were able to synthesize it. And, but, you know, as it said, it could only synthesize it for uh, like a half, less than a second. And mm-hmm. so obviously you're not going to control gravity or something that, you know, only lasts, <laughs> you know, right. half a second and um and so but you can synthesize elements in like different ways and so basically the thought is that the element 115 that you know bob lazar was privy to and may you know may or may not actually still have um very much alludes to him having it (laughs) (laughs) he's uh he's been rated actually quite uh like quite a few times no and way. There's been like a lot of like attempts to like try and like erase him to like, you know, they talked about like 
you know, the school records not matching up and stuff. And like, <gasps> but they basically like erased him from the school records, but they did find, um, they were able to find a phone directory that showed him on it at MIT. And, but that's it. Like, like his like diplomas, like his, like, you know, everything at like the school, like essentially like erased everything. And, so MIT um, erased it or the FBI erased it? The FBI probably the told FBI MIT. instructed MIT to. No way. Conspiracy. I love it. Uh, uh, hardcore. Yeah. He's actually, I think he's very much, um, and you kind of get this in the interview, but he seems more, I think, depressed, you know, out of just like the amount of like attacks he gets more than like anything yeah. else. And he kind of, you know, wants that to, I mean, because apparently they've tried like just like, you know, destroying his life and stuff effectively, which, you know, you could say, you could say that can go both ways, right? You know, that can be that, oh, maybe he's just making that up and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, what the people that are discrediting him are actually telling like the truth or it could go the other way where he's actually being discredited. So, well, they say there's like, what is it? Three sides to every story. There's one person's version, the other person's version, and then the truth. So you don't really know, you know, people can spew information however they want their side to seem. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they'll, uh, you know, and if, I mean, you know, I have reason to believe the government can't be trusted on many things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which, you know, and we'll talk about this in our next episode, which leads me to my current conundrum of, I don't trust the government, but now they're releasing stuff about UFOs. That was premature. Now I'm very, now I'm very conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> Do I trust the government that is leaking UFO stuff out of good faith? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah, a conundrum. But uh, you know, one thing I wanted to circle back to too, you know how we were talking um earlier about like, you know, um them going in and out of the water and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So one of you know this kind of relates to Bob Lazar as well. So one of the things that um that Bob has said of basically how like this craft works is the element 115 in the system you know creates basically like a gravity envelope mm -hmm. around the craft effectively you know because it, it's like in its own gravitational field and that's why we see, that's why these objects that we see flying in the sky we see them going from like 10,000 feet to sea level in a second but they don't create a sonic you know, or they can go from like, you know, going thousands of miles an hour, dip into the water at that same speed and come right back out. And, you know, it's like we have nothing that can do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever's doing that, I'd say I feel like having some sort of ability to manipulate gravity would be, you know, the only way that you could have, you know, you know, do those things. And effectively, that kind of solves I think uh, like if you were in your own gravity field, essentially, I think I can't, I'm not a physicist by any means, but I think uh, you could definitely like go the speed of light and mm -hmm. those sorts of things. Cause you're basically, you're not hampered by G forces anymore. Right. Yeah. There's no gravity. You're, you're in your own little gravity bubble. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think. 
at least you know with all the new stuff too that's why i feel like these things have to be operating with somehow because they don't have any visible means of propulsion there's no like fire or smoke coming out the back of it yeah it's just like zipping around like a fly so to my unscientific brain jesse that makes sense to me it seems like an accurate explanation and theory i like I it I, jesse you're just you're in the bomb.com you just make a lot yeah. of sense everything's making sense um so listeners if you got very heavy up in this we're gonna have a part two which will be next week but we're gonna get into the newer stuff and i'm gonna give sabrina homework she's got to watch two videos that jesse made me watch Okay. And oh. I've got a little surprise for the both of you of some new aliens possibly <gasps> that got discovered. What? A couple weeks ago. That is amazing. But you oh have to gosh. listen next week too. Yes. Yeah. Thank oh you boy. so much, Jesse, for being on this episode with us. Jesse uh, will be joining us. Yeah, of course. You're you're a friend of the podcast. You're always welcome. Mm-hmm. And Jesse will be joining us in next week's episode as well. So if you like Jesse, come back for part two. Give him five stars. Give him five stars. Or the aliens will come bite you. Yes. Facts. (laughs) I need as many stars as I can get. Yes. (laughs) Give him all the love. Give him all the fives. Um, (laughs) How many days are left until Halloween, Sabrina? We have. And I'm not even joking about this, guys. 64 <laughs> days until Halloween. And two months from now. Oh, yeah. And I think whether you're the type of person that wants to be cute for Halloween, you know, you dress up and maybe something a little skin tight. You're showing a little bit of cleavage, whether you're a guy or a girl, it doesn't matter. Or whether you want to be like a silly, goofy guy. Or you want to be a scary, spooky monster. Um, Aliens are a perfect costume for you to choose. So if you're stumped on your costume idea, aliens might be for you. Well, (laughs) Jesse, don't get napped before our next episode, please. We need you. You're the on-deck podcast expert. You have to come back next week to share. You got it. Thank you, Jesse. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Jesse. Sav, we have a little poem. And like I said, we started this segment last week. Um, and it is just we're reading a Halloween spooky inspired poem every week until Halloween. So Sav, do you want to read this one for us? Okay. Um, if October was a person, it'd be you. You have a subtle darkness mixed in with summer tendencies. Pitch black circles under your eyes, but eyes so live glowing with joy in a pool i can't escape as you sing to my blood of spooky tales and hollow dreams by felix that was icky <laughs> I lo- did you say icky yeah that was weird i liked it i liked it because i have dark circles under my eyes so <laughs> anything that like romanticizes or beautifies dark circles i love it it makes me feel a little bit better about myself <laughs> I'm sorry I'm icky you. to you. No, so. it's not icky. It was just like, as you sing to my blood. I don't know. It's like kind of like Vampire Diaries-esque, you know? <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> well, if 
you like, if you want to sing to Savanai's blood and you like us that much, you can also leave us a five-star rating. (laughs) Not just for Jesse. They're for us too, you know. They're for us because as you know, on this podcast, that's what we eat for breakfast. And if you want Savannah and I to eat breakfast, give us a five-star rating. Please, please. You can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on our social media pages. We have Facebook at Slightly Scary Podcast. We have X at Slightly Scary 13. And we have TikTok and Instagram at Slightly Scary Pod. Until next time, keep it scary. Slightly scary. So throughout this episode, Jesse's going to intervene with his vast knowledge of aliens. And I'm just going to read off of what I read. (laughs) And I'm going to hope that it's going to make sense. Yeah, I looked up a picture and it looks like bat wings. So I don't know if I'm looking at the right thing. Um, Let me share my screen with you guys. Jesse's eyebrow went to his hairline. Like, so (laughs) confused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that. Bat wings. Bat wings. Yes. (laughs) Okay, cool. I'm going to stop sharing now. So not like two plates together, like Jesse was saying, like saucer. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what it was supposed to look like. Okay. So it's the X-Files theme, guys. I can't hear it on my end. You can't? No. You hear that? This oh. happened the last time we tried to play something over the speaker. I couldn't hear oh. it. Oh. <laughs> That's just a, it's Can a good you hear filter. this? No. Nope. Can you, Jesse? Not at all. Gage, insert so music. Right now. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll make him, but it's like trademark, so we're going to have to be careful. Like, what is it? I think you have to do it like under like five seconds or something for know. trademark music. X-Files, <laughs> bro. You got to... That's very dynamic. <laughs> Yeah, basically, Jesse is the theme song. (laughs) It's a fantastic show. Hold on. Do we need to tell Jesse bye first before? I thought we did tell him bye. Did we tell him bye or we were just like, he's coming back again? Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, (laughs) sorry.